Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host, Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things. And we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas, and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real life strategies, positive ideas, and faith-building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. Hey, Esther, it's that time again. Hey, Jill. So excited to be starting a new series on trust. So let's kick it off a little bit. Uh, The definition that we have for trust is firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So today we're going to talk about trusting God and what does that look like in context. So what does it look like in context to have a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, and strength of God? I think a lot of us think about trust and it feels a little bit uh, nebulous. What does that mean exactly? What's it look like in our practical lives? It's one thing to say, I trust in God. It's another thing to be able to describe experiences of when we have trusted in God and why we trust Mm -hmm. in God and what happens when we trust in God. Right. Well, I think it's really interesting because in my experiences with a couple of really big um, trust episodes, (laughs) God showed up for me. And when I say he showed up for me, I was really praying about it and thinking about it this morning. And he was talking to me about he proves himself. He, although he is almighty and all trustworthy, he comes down to our level to help us trust him. And one of the things I say a lot in Armor of Light is trust is built in the context of a relationship. So trust is built as a relationship grows. And as God has shown up for me in places and directed my path, I definitely had the choice to do what I wanted or do what he was directing me to do. I definitely had the choice. But in these big moments, in my heart, I just knew I had to trust him because I couldn't trust me. So (laughs) in my personal experience, frequently it feels like the issue of trust comes up in difficult times and challenging times when um, I am forced into a situation or a decision that isn't natural to me. It doesn't make sense to mm-hmm. me. It confuses me or distresses me in some mm-hmm. ways. This is when I need to trust in the Lord. Maybe you could share with our listeners uh, a trust story where you felt like you needed to trust what the Lord was saying, even though it didn't make sense to you. <laughs> yes. So I have the two biggest ones in my life were um, don't marry this person and do marry my husband. Okay. Those are big issues of trust right there. (laughs) They were both huge. So I will say it this way. I've been sober and saved for 18 years. At this time, I'd been sober and saved for five years. 
I came out of a, you know, pretty long lifestyle of addiction. And I had a boyfriend at that time and about for about five years in my addiction life that after I became sober and saved, I thought, well, I need to find him. I need to tell him about Jesus. And nothing in me was trying to find him to date him or be with him again. I just was so excited about my Jesus. So I called his brother. I got his phone number. He's a musician. So we were both musicians. We are both musicians. And he was living in Hollywood. He called me and I drove to LA. And very quickly, much to my surprise, um, we fell in love. Now he was also sober, but not saved. And as our relationship started to progress, I'm petitioning the Lord for him to be my husband. And the Lord is telling me, that's not your husband. And I was telling the Lord, yes, it is, God. And I want to say it this way, is I argued with God for a couple of weeks. And he didn't stop talking to me. He just kept telling me, uh, he told me that's an unholy alliance. He said, that's my lost son. He said, uh, I had a dream that I walked into a party and I was carrying him. And my girlfriend said, well, Jill, whether that dream was from God or from you to yourself, it's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was carrying him. So the, the final blow, like the Lord had sent every one of my close Christian girlfriends to me one by one to tell me that's not who God has for you. Um, I still didn't want to listen. And then finally, my last girlfriend called who to me was, she was always my yes man. She was always the one who said, yes, Jill, we should do that. And she called me and said, the Lord wants me to tell you that you're in rebellion. And I went, not you. Um, So when I hung up with her, I I heard the Lord tell me to pick up my Bible and read Isaiah from beginning to end. And the first chapter of Isaiah is, Woe to you, Israel. Your heart is afflicted. Your mind is confused. You're covered in welts from head to toe. And still you won't listen to me. (laughs) I was going, no. But I knew. I knew as I read that first chapter that I, I finally had to just say, okay, I'm not going to talk God into this. And believe me, I want I want to say it this way. I was living out the verse in Isaiah that says, um, come, let's reason together. And he reasoned with me and he kept telling me no. And I pitched that man to my Lord. I pitched him. I was like, listen, Lord, we will have a musical ministry for you. It will be amazing. And I don't understand why you can't catch up. But when I read that chapter of Isaiah and finally really knew I I have to end this, I called him. I broke up with him. It wasn't easy. I I sobbed and sobbed. And I want to, again, say it this way. I was in love with this person. It's very counterintuitive to break up with someone you're in love with. But this is my trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding And the world will tell you to follow your heart. And the Bible tells you to follow Jesus. So I broke up with this person. I cried for a year. And the Lord was with me through that. Through the whole time. Like it was a real heartbreak. Um, This person, his, 
his band is pretty popular. So I'd be working out at the gym and one of his songs would come on the gym, the gym stereo. And I would just go, oh my goodness, this is crazy. But a few years later, I met my husband, who I didn't know was my husband. And the Lord starts to tell me, this is your husband. And now I'm going, huh, is it now? (laughs) (laughs) So I had broken up with someone I was head over heels in love with and processed through that. And now fast forward a few years and I'm meeting someone that now the Lord is starting to tell both him and me that we're supposed to be together. So now I'm walking this out in faith also, because with my husband, who now I've been married to for 10 years, I didn't have all the bells and whistles. I didn't have head over heels in love. What I heard was my God saying, this is who I've picked for you, that I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And this is who I have for you. So I married Ryan and he married me. And both of us will tell you our father in heaven arranged our marriage. And both of those were very huge trust walks. But as I have walked out 10 years of marriage to this man, we have fallen in love over the course of the first bunch of years. He's perfect for me. I never could have even known to ask God for what was built into him that would heal and restore my heart in ways I never could have even asked for or imagined. He is perfect for me in every way. So those are my two really big trust stories, both very counterintuitive, but it's a good ending. I think what really stands out to me is, is you quoted from Jeremiah 29, uh, the Lord knows the plans he has for us. Earlier in the book of Jeremiah in chapter 17, verse seven, it says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Mm. And really you were blessed because you trusted in him in ways that you couldn't have predicted otherwise. You wouldn't have known. Psalm 84, 12 says, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And so there is a, a piece of trust that we can have confidence in that the Lord will bless us. There is hope in the trust. We can have a confidence that he will be with us and through us. Mm -hmm. So Jill, some of the things that people struggle with when they trust the Lord uh, is because they're back in that place, that year of hurt (laughs) and that year of pain, and they don't know and they can't see their way out. And they think that the answers are going to be instant or they're going to follow their own plan. And I frequently will talk to people Mm -hmm. who struggle with trusting God because they feel like he disappointed them Mm -hmm. or he didn't fulfill their own expectation, what they perceived was a promise. And we know that God is so faithful and he's faithful to fulfill his promises. But we also know that he has his own ways, that they don't always look like what we thought they would, and that he's not obligated to our, our interpretation or our ideas of what good and prosperous looks like. Right. Well, I think that verse right there in Jeremiah 29, 11, um, he says, I know the plans I have for you. You may not. And I, I think I'll relate it back to, I was really pitching that first man to him because it was what I wanted. And the year after it was uncomfortable, but it's still, if I'm going to believe God's best for me, if people can believe God's best for them, I think the place that I would encourage people to go 
is stay in the conversation. Stay in the conversation. If, if, if some, because I, I work with people all the time, like, well, I, I thought God said, and I'll, I'll say, well, tell me about that conversation you had. And it'll be, well, it can be something like they just got this one line, like you should go to Africa. So you went to Africa. Like, well, did you ask him when you should go to Africa or what part of Africa you were supposed to go to or who you were supposed to go with? Because these are things where I want to encourage people to stay in a conversation because go to Africa is very broad. Right. And so you go to Africa because you heard him say go to Africa and then, you know, it didn't work out the way you thought it should have. I want to say be in the conversation and ask him for the details. When, where, with who, how. I think this is really a good illustration of that leaning not on your own understanding that making sure that you are continuing to check in, to hear, to ask the Lord. And if you don't see him, if you don't hear him when you're walking through the valley, ask him to make himself present. Absolutely. Ask him to show himself. There are times when we go through dry seasons, when it's hard to hear from the Lord, it's hard to see him. And the only way to get through those is to ask him to keep coming and asking and to stay in that relationship. As you and I both have said repeatedly uh, in our own lives and in the work that we do, the only way to build trust is in relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not an abstract concept. Otherwise, it just does not make sense. Right. And the only way that we build more trust and get deeper trust is when we see that somebody is trustworthy. Mm -hmm. If somebody drops us in a trust fall 10 <laughs> times, the 11th time, we don't want to fall back, right? It's hard to trust That's somebody fun. who's disappointed us. And the first time we may think, yes, I trust them, but it's hard. If they've caught us every time, it becomes easier and easier to exactly. trust. And with the Lord, the more that we see that we can trust him and that he's faithful and he's in it with us. Yes the more that we can trust him and we can build that trust. And trust is a built quantity. It's a, it is. It's quantifiable in the right? building. It's a real relationship. I mean, it makes me smile, but I, I had a young lady that uh, came to my office recently. Her mom brought her and um, she received Christ. She received Christ into her heart. And very quickly, we started to pray and do a little bit of relationship prayer it was so precious. She said, I just don't feel like I trust God. And I said, so how long have you known him? <laughs> it was about three minutes. And she smiled a little bit. And I said, how much do you usually trust somebody that you've known for three minutes? And it just put her at ease. It was, hey, you're, you just came in to this relationship. Walk it out. Have conversations. It is a, a built upon uh, practice that we do. We have to be intentional about trusting the Lord and um, asking Him to give us the trust. We don't always feel it innately. Mm -hmm. We don't. It's not like mm -hmm. this magical potion that we can mix up and go, "Oh, I have more trust today than I did yesterday." <laughs> but we can ask the Lord, and He can help us develop that trust. He can help us see with eyes where he has been faithful, mm -hmm. where he's been trustworthy. Uh, sometimes we miss those things. Um, and I think it's really important to acknowledge all of the areas and places we can trust the Lord with. 
I know a lot of believers who want to trust God with the things that are abstract, Hmm. not with the daily life things. They find it really hard to ask God for direction and then to trust him in the things like, who should I marry? Or what should I do? Or should I make a change in my career or in my life? Um, How should I go forward in resolving this conflict with this person? How should I be loving this person? They find those things they would really prefer to have under their own control. (laughs) (laughs) And they'd like to say that they trust God with things like eternity and (laughs) their salvation and things that may not um, impact their day-to-day, moment-to-moment. And although it is good and important to trust God through eternity and for our salvation, we have access to trust him for our daily life. Yes, both and, both and. Yep. Daily life and eternity. The psalmist said that um, we can put our trust in God and he will show us the way we should go and that we can entrust him with our life. And that is sometimes in the daily physical life that we have and sometimes it is in the life as we transition from this life into eternal life, but we can trust him. Well, I think that I I think we're both looking at the same Psalm. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. Ah, no, I have a different Psalm, but hey, all right, this is the the word. It's all good. Let the morning, (laughs) let, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go for to you. I entrust my life. Psalm 143, eight. There are so many verses about trust. And I think as I consider I mean, I don't want to say it's easier for me. Um, I just came out of, my life before Christ was such a debacle um, of me running the show that when I I came into his arms, I was just like, I know I can't be trusted to run my show. I tried. It's ugly. So I, I encourage people to live in a daily with God. It's a real relationship. He, if he says in Isaiah, your maker is your husband, he says that to all of us, for your maker is your husband. His name is the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. This is a real relationship. He says our, he's our holy husband. So how do I walk out a, a marriage? How do I walk this out with my holy husband? You just go, so where, how are you with me today? How are you with me in this? Jesus, what does it look like when you stand in between me and what's coming at me? Jesus, how are you sitting in my passenger seat or actually driving my car? I'll switch. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is really important to acknowledge that trust is giving up some of our control. And that's whether we're trusting a human being or we're trusting God. We're giving up some of our control. We're trusting that in this case, God will keep safe or take care of or manage for us something precious, whether that's our life, our dreams, our relationships, our future. It is a giving up of control and it's hard. It doesn't come natural Mm -hmm. and it must be intentional. We don't accidentally trust God. No. We don't instinctively just out of our own nature, have this strong, trusting nature for God. Now, if you were raised in a family where maybe the trustworthiness of God was presented to you more frequently, and in some cases, then um, trusting becomes natural because you've seen and are aware of his trustworthiness. But it's not a human state 
to be trustworthy of God. And I think we can give ourselves a little bit of grace in that. Yeah. And we can ask the Lord to help us and to, to build that trust in us. We don't have to manufacture it. We don't have to make it up. If our listeners are listening and going, yeah, how do I get this you trust? You can't Where manufacture it. You can't mm-hmm. or make it up. You can act like you trust him when you don't, right. but I'm pretty sure he knows. And and we can sometimes be in this quandary, and you know, where we're like, I I feel like the Lord is telling me to do something or saying something to me, and I'm going to trust Him, but my heart is conflicted, my mind is conflicted, and <laughs> I'm that's covered still in wounds from head right. to toe. <laughs> that's still trusting. If you take that to the Lord, if you say, Lord, this is not easy for me but I'm doing this in spite of my fear. So trust is, you know, like bravery. It, it doesn't come uh, in the absence of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes in spite of fear. Mm-hmm. It comes in, even in the place of fear. And matter of fact, there's lots of verses about mm-hmm. that, about how when we are afraid, we can trust God. They don't have to be um, against each other. You don't have to say, well, I clearly am not trusting God because I'm afraid. No, when I am afraid, I can put my trust in God. Because mm-hmm. he's so He's so sweet yeah. and he's so good that way. I, I, had a, um, I had a time when my husband was lost in the San Bernardino Mountains. I think I might have mentioned it before, but one of the one of the very first things that God said to me when he was lost was he will be found. And I trusted my shepherd. I knew he said that to me. I knew it. I, I know his voice. I trusted when he, my husband was lost for four days. It was a crazy time. But through it all, he was with me. And I knew, I knew him. I'd known him long enough to know when he said to me, he will be found. Trust me. I could and I did. And I'd want to say it. I'm saying that to our listeners to say, as you develop a relationship with the one whose name is faithful, Mm -hmm. I I don't have faith in my faith. I have faith in the one whose name is faithful. And when you develop a relationship with him where you talk, you abide, you're, I'm in conversation with him all the time. I, I work with my clients all the time. Stay in a conversation, stay in a dialogue, write it down so you can go back and reflect on what he said. When, when the hard things come, you, you can lean in and ask and hear and see. So in that time he was lost, I trusted him. I did, was not afraid. And that is just a testimony to him and to his faithfulness because he built enough trust in me that I wasn't afraid and I leaned into him. One of the things about that story that is so powerful to me is that it really illustrates you cannot dissect your hope and your faith and your belief from your trust. (laughs) (laughs) They are um, intricately connected. Building blocks. Yes. And you don't have trust outside of your belief in who God is and your relationship and knowledge of his voice. Exactly. You, all of those things are interconnected. Exactly. And it's so important for believers that we stay in the conversation, we stay in the prayer, that we be grounded in the word and that we have those core beliefs and, and we know them and we know who God is. We know what he said. We're able to test things and they're consistent mm-hmm. so that in those times of trial, 
we're not having to do an academic study and research. (laughs) We're not saying, wait, 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 I don't know what um, all my academic materials and my reference guides say about this. Now, I know I've studied. It's here and, and I can pull on that. And I've got my faith and my belief in who God is. Yes. And, and what he said, and I recognize his voice. I think that's so key and so important. Mm-hmm. I think that part about the trust being built and trust being established. And I, I sometimes hear people talk about faith as if it exists outside of a relationship with God. And I'm like, I can't see it that way. My faith is built on the faithful one. And when the times of testing and the times of trial come, I think it's interesting to also go, you know what? We test God too. Mm-hmm. And I think he lets us. Mm-hmm. As interest, I know maybe that sounds um, wrong because God tests us. He tests our hearts and, and then he tries us and we, we come through the fire and all of those things. But I think he also allows us to test him. Like he says in Malachi, test me on this regarding tithing. I think there's there. I think he allows us to test him too in, in the other way that mm-hmm. builds our faith. So that he, he has more opportunity to show himself faithful. Yes. So that he's staying in the conversation. I think when people are processing life and the challenges of life and whether they can trust God, whether he's faithful, uh, if they don't feel like they can talk to him and say, God, I need you to show me. I need to talk to you. If they don't feel like they can have these real raw mm-hmm. conversations, if they feel like they have to be saintly and somehow it's holy to not question or challenge or stay in that reasoning mm-hmm. debate, they miss a part of that relationship. Definitely. And um, they miss an opportunity to be loved in a unique and special way, especially in the challenges. Yes. So Jill, I have loved this conversation. So good. On trust <laughs> because trust is multifaceted. Yes. And I think that it would be really great for us to have some sessions on trusting people. Yep. What happens when trust is broken? Mm -hmm. I think it's been really valuable for us to start with this conversation about trusting God because he is so faithful. He never breaks trust with us. And I wanted to wrap up with this blessing from Romans. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we trust in Him, we can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So I'm looking forward to next week. Me too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context, hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt, edited and produced by BizVid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P-R-O-F.com and at peaceprof on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook.